position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode number 196 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this uh, very, actually very nice uh, Sunday, the 29th of July, 2018, uh, uh, around uh, 10.04 in the morning, uh, left coast, Pacific coast time, coast to the most time, that would make it for our sequel, friends, 2018-07-29, of course, uh, I, Crack Engineer, I have Wormelina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign, loud and proud. Ah, yes, let's have some whiskey. Mmm, cheers, I have all your fired. We'll drink to your demise. Mmm. Mmm. Mmm-hmm. Mmm. Mmm-hmm. Mmm. That's good weed. No, it's just whiskey. No weed yet. A little early for me. Ah. Although it's never too early. Uh, but we have a lot of stuff to get to this week. So let's get straight to our top stories. Um, first of all, there is no column this week. Uh, I know many of you will weep, but there is no column. There's no new column this week. No new column this week. Uh, but 
in the absence of no new column, we do have two major Steam stories that affect every Steam user, Linux or otherwise. Um, but 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 for Linux users, you know, blah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Mm. Mmm, those two packs a day are really starting to kick my ass. Um, first off, Steam launched this week a new Steam chat interface for their client. Um, everyone that I've talked to really likes it. I do not particularly like it. However, wherever you, wherever you break down on the like or dislike of the new Steam chat client, there's one thing that is... Indisputable. Well, okay, so the ability to drag like your favorite friends to the top of your client bar and have them always there and just to be able to see their statuses like instantly at all times is really cool. I I really like that. Now, things that I don't like so much are the way that they've reorganized the actual just friends list. Um, like so let's say, you know. I, I I only have like let's see I got two four five people that are in my the top of my Steam chat favorites thing up at the top of the the client window, but then I have other friends that I don't talk to that much, but who are as much friends or better than the five friends that I have. Well, that's not true because the five friends that I have up there are pretty much like it for me in terms of like my my universe of Steam people that I talk to all the time. But here's what really bothers me about this new um, a lot of Windows gamers that I've talked to really like it. That's great for them, but um, mm. the thing that like I really hate is how it breaks down if you have more than one friend who is playing a specific game at a certain time even if it be a Windows game which, you know, which has zero interest to me, automatically zero value to me, it groups them together at the top of the list so right now, for instance on my friends list, I have two groups of friends that I have to collapse in order to get to my other games Friends, which is just, like, all the people that I have on my friends list. Um, I just scroll down to see them or and or collapse the games that other people are playing. So, for, for instance, right now at the top of my friends list, I have Fallout 4, a game that is not available for Linux. Because one of my friends named Stunna and uh, T and T Gal, they're both playing Fallout 4. They're not playing it together, I don't think. Um, I don't think they know each other. But because two people are playing a game, they go to the top of the list. And that list automatic automatically expands. So I have to physically collapse it, which sucks. I can't reorder that. I can't... There's no way to, like, move that section of the way that the uh, Steam chat uh, client um, organizes things. There's no way to, like... Move that to the bottom of everything. No, every, anyone, if like, if, you know, three people are playing a game, two people people are playing a game, doesn't matter if it's for Windows or for Linux, bam, up they go to the top of the list, pushing everything else that I actually care about further down below. But if you play a lot of games with a lot of other people, like, for instance, if you are 
still like a CSGO person or whatever, I could see the utility of that. In fact, that's something that uh, Captain Ford said that he really liked. Makes it a lot easier to uh, set up group chats, too. And there are group chats now, which is kind of cool. Because, like, if you want to set up a group um, for a party for a specific game, uh, so you can have a out of out of uh, in game chat back channel to those motherfuckers. Well, that's that's now very easy to do, um, and wasn't possible before, if I remember correctly. Um, I'm pretty sure you couldn't do that. You could not start group chats. You know, kind of kind of analogous to the way that Skype lets you do a uh, group uh, text chat. So that's kind of cool. Pluses and minuses, though, for Linux gamers, I would say that. It's kind of a minus because if you have, you know, chances are if you have a lot of friends that many of them are not Linux gamers necessarily. In my case, I picked them up over the years, you know, just from Counter-Strike and this game or that game or this form or that form or whatever. Mm. So that's not that great. Mm. And an ability to reorganize that list in a significant way, in terms of like the way it displays the information, would be much, much appreciated and much better. In fact, um, there might be they do offer some ways to customize uh, several elements of the new chat client, but that is not one of them that I have found, and that kind of irritates me because it's kind of like. We know best for you, and as we all know, after years of using Steam, Steam does not update frequently with anything that's major, so whatever update they update you with, whatever major changes they do make, they're small piecemeal changes, and they're unlikely to change for at least two years. You know, that's just generally the way it works. So, that's a mixed bag. For me, I do like the bigger, prettier icons. I don't like the fact that game icons are displayed next to the name of whoever is playing them. Because it's like, I don't know what... I play. I have a thousand games. I don't know what the fucking Steam Chat icons for those games look like. And in many cases, they don't really... Like, Terraria's fucking icon looks like a tree. Well, how many other thousand games can I think of that look like a tree that would have that icon? So that's not particularly useful, and it and it makes the actual title underneath the player name that they're... You have the player's name, then you have the game that they're playing. It If the game is not short, it truncates... It doesn't truncate the actual title of the game, but it does make it smaller and more difficult for me to read. Um, so I'm not... I'm not a real... I'm not real wild about, about it. But it is progress of a sort, I guess. So... Mm. Um, next in our top story is stories. This is something that we're working on for next week's show. I want to do a deep dive into this because it's actually fairly important even though it may seem that it only affects uh, Windows gamers. It is going to really have an effect on Linux gamers uh, who play uh, Steam via Wine. Um, like they, they install Steam via... Uh, they, they, they run Windows Steam installed on their local machine uh, inside of a wine prefix. And that piece of news that came concurrently uh, in the change log with the new uh, Steam chat interface is that they are, that, that Steam is end-of-lifing its support for XP and Windows Vista. 
Now, why does this matter? Well, the difference between um, 64-bit and 32-bit Windows, if you're trying to play a game with a controller via Wine, is enormous. 64-bit has a ton of overhead that makes it I'm not talking about like actual like uh, hardware or CPU cycles overhead. I'm talking about just sheer complexity to roll it out with controller support for any given game. And that's if that game actually runs well under, you know, 60. Anyway, so generally, I prefer to roll out games on my generic XP or Windows 7. Sometimes Windows 7, but generally, I like to just roll it out on my XP. Um, generic 32-bit block, because then my controller is basically guaranteed to work. Otherwise, you have to work around um, a lot of hackish implementations of uh, either direct input or X input. I can't remember which one it is, because it's just a pain in the ass. In 64-bit, it is really difficult. And it's also difficult to get all the libraries together, um, depending on the game that you want to run in Wine. Um, you have to really be pretty expert um, at at putting together uh, wine prefixes and configurations to get a good, solid um, 64-bit install. And, and to get controller support, it is a whole other fucking mess. So, the fact that they're end-of-life, and I don't know exactly when the timeline is for this, but they did announce it this week, that they are end-of-lifing in the future, in the near future, their support for Windows XP, which has been, like, the most reliable go-to, not just for... um not just for games, but for legacy uh, Windows applications. If you're, if you know, you're like me and you do freelance stuff, uh, consultation and shit for, uh, you know, Soho, you know, small office, home office, small business stuff. Um, you know, people want to make a transition to Linux because of the cost-cutting benefits and the fact that um, generally. Once you're, once you're off, once you switch off the drug of, you know, software as a service, once you get off that drug, you want more and more and more of it. But then there are some aspects of your business that you can't run in a Linux environment that you just really can't without, you know, using Wine. And there, there are easy ways to configure Wine for applications. Generally, though, those Wine prefixes, like, you know, for crossover Linux, which is a great application if if you do consultation like this, I, I would really recommend it to um, to, to stringers uh, who come up against this problem. And you come up against this problem all the time, anytime you're dealing with someone, even if it's just, like, one person who wants to, you know, get more involved with Linux or wants to actually run Linux... Uh, but still has certain use cases and scenarios which require um, Windows software for which there is no alternative um, in Windows. Like for me, one of one of those things for me is um, uh, I'm sorry, my allergies are acting up. I had to go out this morning and it is dead calm outside. It's like we've been, we're in the doldrums. Um, it's called uh, Fuse. No, it's not called Fuse. What is it called? It is called... Let's see. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, I don't want recent. I want software. It is called... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
it's not listed here anymore. Hang on one second. Let me exit my Steam install. Now, that was in my Linux Steam world. Let me go to my other Steam world. Hopefully, I won't have to look it up on my Surface because that would suck. All right, hang on. Enter my password. Strong password. That's my password, by the way. Strong password. All caps with an underscore in between. So, hack me as soon as you can. Um, it is called... Oh, shit. They may have pulled it. This pisses me off. Oh, my God. No. Anyway. Oh, like, yeah. Steam will stop running on Windows XP in 156 days. This is what it says at the top of my Steam client. So 156 days of uh, Steam left running with XP compatibility, which is a big fucking deal. Like all of these games that, I, let's see, oh my God. All of these games, um, I get, well, okay, so many of them have now have uh, Linux, native Linux ports, but still, it's going to be a huge deal for a lot of people. And from an application perspective, um, if you use any applications in Steam, which is a, kind of a nice way uh, to do things, um, especially for like... Uh, I can't believe I can't remember the name of this fucking program, but it, it, it's it's like Make Human, but it's for faces specifically, uh, and it gives you a lot of power. And it got bought out by Adobe, and I cannot remember the name of it. Um, but anyway, that's something that uh, we need to watch. So Steam is end of lifeing support for XP and Vista in the next 156 days. That's that's really soon, actually. That's, like, that's, that's, uh, four and a half months? Right? I mean, I just calculated this, so the math is, is, is fuzzy for me. 30, you know, 30, it's 120, uh, so, uh, 134, you know, so, five months? 150? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Five months. Five months and a week. So, um, before we get to our feature this week, which is Project Gorgon, which runs, I'm happy to say, very nicely, natively, on Linux, um, and is... Whoa, is it a big deal. Um, let me log back into my other Steam account. Thank you, Ivor. I'm glad you're fired. Ivor could have done this. He knows my password. I just told him. It's strong password. Capital S, capital T, capital R, capital O, capital N, capital G, underscore, password, all caps. Because it's a strong password. That's what they told me to put in. They told me to use a strong password, so I was like, well, nothing stronger than a strong password. Um, golly, hope I don't get hacked. Uh, <laughs> my password is... My password's fucking ridiculous, is what I'm trying to... I mean, and I have to type it in at least... Literally, I have to type my password for Steam 
at least two, at the very least, five times a day. Because I like to switch clients completely when I switch from, like when I'm playing uh, Pinball Arcade, for instance. XP support going out the window is going to fuck up my relationship with Pinball Arcade. Which is not a relationship that that can be stand st- that I can stand to be fucked with. So I'm gonna have to fucking figure out how to get that up and running on either a Windows Seven um, Wine Prefix, which I've done before. But it's every the closer you get to Windows Seven, Windows Eight, Windows Ten, the more complex all this shit gets. And Windows Ten, I don't even think runs on 32 bit. Um, it might, it might not. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, this is why I fuck with my my wine prefixes every you know four months when I have to, and I go, I, I spend a month with them, and I retool them, and I learn, and I try to learn, and I fail, and I dwell in pain and darkness. But um, so th- there you go. That that that's that's what's happening with the steam. But also, in a ha- on a happier note. Um, just this week on our Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash skookiesprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E, we crossed 1,000 total viewers. We're up to 1,046 total viewers. We'll talk more about, uh, our viewers, um, in our feature, uh, which is coming up next because we have no new and noteworthies, etc. But I just want to take a moment to say thank yous, many thank yous to all of the uh, people who have checked out the Twitch stream. Lots of people like watching our videos on demand, um, which is great to hear that people like that. Um, I've had just these last uh, 10 days... Fan, many fantastic conversations with people, especially uh, in regards to um, the pinball arcade, pinball in general, um, extreme cooler talk, uh, alphanumeric chair actors, uh, all it'd be literally too many people to to you know blah. Uh, extreme cooler talk actually was in uh, this is this is what he says, and I can believe it because he's owned forty machines. Um, well, he's rented forty machines. Uh, in his life, he's out there in Connecticut. He says that he was in Special When Lit, which is really cool, and his knowledge of pinball, you know, kind of rec- you know, but it's great because it's like I can, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, I can jump on Twitch, you know, drunk, stoned, high out of my mind, playing pinball and talk to someone who absolutely loves the machine that I'm playing or absolutely hates the machine that I'm playing or whatever, and have like a real back and forth, which is something that pinball freaks really don't generally have, like, you know, you have it with your friends, but you don't have it with other players at the arcade necessarily um, cause we're generally a shy and weird bunch who are you know, like Tom White said, you know, they all come from good families or whatever, something just went a little wrong with them along the way, you know um, that's, that's basically us but that's true also of that's not just true of pinball, it's true of all many of the games that uh, I play on Twitch. Um, so a big thank you to all of our all of our viewers there. So Ivor, uh, based him with the feature uh, with the uh, based him with the feature, Ivor. Get off your ass and beast him. Oh my god. It's Bolivian. Bolivian! 
never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's teacher, I can't read you. I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Thank you, uh, Doc, Doc Brown. Mm. Our feature this week is Project Gorgon. Uh, that's P-R-O-J-E-C-T colon, uh, Gorgon, G-O-R-G-O-N, as in Medusa. Like, you know, I'm turned to stone. Get a magic mirror shield kind of Gorgon. Snakes in the hair. Toys in the attic. Uh, you know, one meatloaf short of a taco fiesta plate. Uh, Gorgon, yeah. That last comment had nothing to do with Gorgons, but trust me, if you've been to a Midwestern Thanksgiving, then you you might understand. I have no idea what that even meant either, because I've never been to a Midwest Thanksgiving. I'm sure it's very nice. Um, I like the Midwest. Mm. But, anyway, Project Gorgon. Why are we kicking the drum, ringing the bell, fucking exulting in, you know, what... I don't know, it's not... We're not entirely resplendent in, you know, massive, unqualified triumph over this game. But why are we so pumped? Well, I will tell you. It scratches an itch that... I mean, it doesn't do it perfectly. And I think it's still in early access. Let's make sure. Um, but Project Gorgon is the closest thing that Linux players have to a uh, Skyrim online like game. This is a third person or you can fake the camera into treating it like a first person game, but it's not good. It's not it's just, that's just the perspective. You can zoom the camera into your head. Um, it is still in early access. It's $39.99. I heartily, now this is not a review. This is just a feature because I've only spent seven and a half hours um, playing it. So, like, I... And trust me, man, those seven and a half hours, they've been intense. Um, but here's the deal about Project Gorgon. It is... Now, you, you can't see... You know, like, if even if you zoom into your head or whatever, you can't see your hands, and the action isn't... Um, quite as um, first-person-y as uh, Skyrim. But the game is very, very, very pretty. And uh, it does support a pseudo first-person mode, so that's cool. Um, but what it lacks in... And the environments are really, really pretty. The, the eye candy is on par with uh, Skyrim. It's on par even with Oblivion. Um, so if you take, this is a good kind of general way of describing it. If you took Elder Scrolls Oblivion, which I remember for having just these gorgeous castles and these fantastic rolling hills with all of these amazingly rendered flora Especially the flora, the flowers, the, the the leaves of trees, you know, blah, blah, blah. They did a really great job in that. Um, You take all of that, wrap it up with Minecraft, because now we're throwing it online. So it's like, okay, well, here's you with 500 other people, you know, playing the fucking game. Take all of, 
all of that, all of that, then roll it up with a bunch of fucking ridiculous, ridiculously detailed, um, well thought out, uh, character level, uh, not character level, um, NPC based dialogue, lore, relationships, and networking. Then add on top of all of that. Meaning like, so like when you talk to people in this game, when you talk to NPCs in this game, they feel like real people. Like, they really do. And lots of them have crazy shit to tell you. Lots of them don't like you enough to tell you fuck all from fuck until you ingratiate yourself to them. Um, which also adds another layer of awesome shit about this game. But here's, like, here's where it gets nuts, though. On top of all of that, add in, like, a really hardcore, I mean, really hardcore, extensive, humongous, expansive, complicated, um, detail, skill tree, the likes of which it's kind of difficult to wrap your mind around, with, um, everything having a skill associated with it. So, like, you can level up your autopsy skills, you can level up your um, cooking skills. It took me four and a half hours before I could feed myself without having to buy food. Um, just from hunting and then having to learn the recipes and stuff, and I can barely feed myself, which is very cool. And then also figuring out your own ways to get money, and your own ways to get training in stuff that you don't know how to do. You have to find a trainer who can teach you how to, how to you know, like, learn a fire spell. Then you have to practice you know, crafting the fire spell or whatever, and you also have to practice using it. Um, so it's very similar in Skyrim in that the more you use something, the, um, the better you get at it. Uh, and the more advanced techniques you unlock for it. So, for instance, um, this morning, I had ten people watching me for two hours, which is really cool. I learned a lot of stuff from the chat room uh, this morning. Um, we were talking all about uh, archery, which is something that, like, I've, I have the skill for. Like, I, I helped out this guy who taught me how to blah, and he sold me a cheap bow, and Blah. You can do favors for NPCs, by the way, which ingratiate you. You can also give them gifts. You can. Here's one of my favorite things about the game, though. You can designate who you want to hang out with when you're offline. So when you go offline, your character will automatically hang out with, and it tells you how long the the next hangout, um, the duration is. So if you only, if you're, you know, if you know a lot of, um, a lot of, uh. NPCs in the game, which you will learn pretty quickly. There are a lot of NPCs in the game. Mm. You can decide which ones you want to hang out with when you log off based on how long you want to log off on. Or if you don't care, then you don't have to care. But it's really cool because it does ingratiate you a little bit more to them and it does complete certain... There's certain quests that can only be completed if you're not actually playing the game, which is kind of cool. Um, they're small quests. They're not like, you know, story things. They're like, you know, um, unbundle. Like, okay, so for instance, one of the most lucrative ones that I did was, um, help this, uh, elf guy, uh, untangle all of his necklaces. He's like a jeweler and he had to flee. I'm an elf too. Um, and elves are hilarious. Everything in this game is funny too, which is great. Like, 
there's so much detail that they, they couldn't help but just be funny. Like is like um like when I got deer guts this morning finally after um I has cheeseburger please uh told me how to fucking finally equip and how to change what type of um attack system I was using um my bow and arrows and stuff. Um like I I, I found reindeer I found deer guts um, in this one deer, it's just a big pile of fucking deer intestines. I was like, mm, yes, smear them on your face. It is, it is the makeup of the Dark Ages or whatever. Um, it's great. And like, you see things in town, like you see, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of other players who are more advanced or less advanced than you running around, talking to each other, doing their own shit inside of, you know, I've only found this one town. Um, because you, you start on like an island of death, and then you have to get off the island, and that that takes you know numerous hours. But it also gives you a good primer in terms of like kind of where you're going. But there's so much shit in the game, and the game is still in early access that there's not a lot of primers. There's not a lot of hand holding, which is really cool in one sense because. For, well, at least for me, like this morning, I got to talk to all of these people who were like, some of them had questions for me, others um, had advice for me, um, other people were just, you know, we were just goofing around, and this was on the Twitch stream, you know, this wasn't in the in-game chat, but like, you, you see people who like can transmogrify, trans, uh, uh, turn themselves into like wolves and spiders and I can train rats by the way which is great the game kind of won my heart when I could train a giant rat to be my friend and follow me around and fight things with me um and you can die you can die it's not a big deal when you die what is a big deal is food and figuring out it's all about exploration Project Gorgon is um it really wants you to go out figure out what is killing you it's not a bunch of fetch quests the game does not even really have at least not for me yet and i'm you know and it's a totally non-linear level up thing cuz like i you can be like at level you know insane for one thing and then like level nothing that like a noob can be like level 20 at um that's not exactly true but it's more or less true Biggest and most important thing, though, is to learn how to make food. Learn how to feed yourself so you're not just fucking spending all this gold. Then you can, like, kind of learn how to hunt shit. And instead of just selling all the meat and stuff that you learn how to butcher, which is easy, all this stuff, this might sound complicated, but all this is basically achieved through, like, just a single mouse click. You know, you click on the thing you want to attack, and then you you can select from whatever attacks you know, the attack that you want to use, and then, you know, you can switch in and blah, blah, blah. Um, and you fight skeletons and bear, well, not bears yet, um, skeletons, I fought lions, they've killed me, I fought tigers, they've killed me, I fought brain bugs, they've killed me, I've killed them too, I've killed tigers as well, uh, wolves, um, uh, you know, undead mages which I've killed um uh praying mantis people which I've killed um you can catch fish 
you can catch crabs, you can kill pigs and gut them. Mm. And if you have a butcher knife, when you kill things, you can butcher them. And if you have an autopsy kit, which I've had since I left the island, um, you can you do an autopsy on everything that you kill, which increases your autopsy skill. And your butcher skill goes up when uh, when you successfully butcher something, which eventually starts giving you more loot from corpses. You can also get a, t a Skinner's knife that if you just have it in your inventory, you'll be able to autopsy, you know, butcher and, and skin and shit. Um, all of this stuff is important in its own ways. Inventory management is not as good as it could be, um, but it's not frustratingly difficult. The interface is very freeform, like you can drag any window to any place at any time, and it kind it seems to remember um, at least during one play session where and what size you made that um, interface window which is good because shit gets really complicated like when you need to know like okay do I have okay so am I gonna go back to Serbule which is like the first main town that I found um, with a well and you know a nice complement of merchants and traders and stuff uh, tra merchants, traders, and trainers um, but like let's say you're out in like you know the wild and it's like you know maybe a 10 minute walk back and you're like oh, well do I do I want to go back do I have blah figuring out what you have and what you don't have and blah it's not exactly the most um, friendly inventory interface a lot of small icons, but you can mouse over them, and the descriptions are very readable, and the icons are recognizable enough that once you know what you're looking at, you know you know, basically who you can sell this to, what you can use it for, how much do, how much more do I need to buy the stuff that I would need to use this with, like I'm thinking of specifically, because I've been killing a lot of pigs lately, I just go out and I kill a lot of fucking pigs, um, and spiders, giant spiders, and wolves, and train rats, and do all sorts of crazy shit, um, and try to fight some brain bugs when I'm drunk and stoned and high, um, and the brain bugs are, are okay, provided that, you know, you're not outnumbered by them, um, but my sword skills aren't that great, but I, I but figuring out how to use, like, archery, so, five days ago or whatever, I, I unlocked archery, like, I, by training with this, this guy, this archer, this Fletcher, um, who lives by the well in Serbule. And so I bought, like, a bow, and I sold off all this other shit that I had from the Island of Death, um, because I found the armorer, and I sold off all that shit, and I bought, like, new armor, I bought, like, armor armor, it's not moldy or slimy, not hideous, um, cause that's actually the thing like some some types of armor have the attribute hideous armor and you know like all these people all, I'm not sure silence echo all these people are running around everywhere while you're doing all this shit like you're doing your own thing everyone's doing their own thing and you can form hunting parties you can invite anyone to just come with you and hunt with you and they'll be your ally um, in terms of like player characters if they don't want to they don't want to um, I, I've, I've yet to do that because my character is so woefully pathetic. But anyway, so five days ago, I learned archery and stuff, and I bought 
and I did a bunch of favors for this guy, and he gave me 500 fucking beginner's arrows, and I'm like, sweet, I should be set, I can now go kill deer, and deer is supposed to be like way more value, could not figure out how to fire the fucking bow, could not figure it out, and this morning, specifically, one of my tasks this morning, like this is four hours ago, five hours ago, was, okay, before you jump back into Project Gorgon, look on the interwebs for a game fact to figure out how to fucking fire my goddamn arrows, because I know the skill. I The guy said, I'm like, I'm a beginner archer, you know, and I have the bow equipped, and well, <laughs> I can't do it. So I, once this guy, uh, I, I has cheeseburger, please, or whatever, um, started talking to me after like, you know, an hour and 45 minutes or whatever, I had a question for him because he was giving me all this great advice and I, I, it was really good advice um, and sending me links like to um, like the skill compatibility chart uh, on the projectgorgon.com wiki uh, skill compatibility chart which hasn't been updated in a while evidently but anyway, there's some skills that are incompatible with others, like if you take one you can't take the other Blah, 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 blah. It's a huge skill tree, and it's immensely complicated. But, um, and there are people running around who look like spiders, who look like fucking wizards, you know, and doing all this shit and casting stuff, and people are playing music in the town square, and, like, you get a bonus for performance appreciation just by, you know, being there when they're performing it. It's really cool. Um, but, uh, I, I so I asked, I asked Cheeseburger, what the fuck do I have to do to be able to shoot my fucking air? I need, I need to kill some deer. I gotta kill some deer. I need to. I need better archery, because like archery is like kind of a universal skill for like it goes across like most um, everything. Like you, it's compatible with everything because you kind of need a range skill. So if you're not a magic user, you know, blah. I, theoretically, I can shoot fireballs, but I have no idea how to do that either. But I'll get to that in a moment. Um, and I have cheeseburger replied, like, almost instantly, he was like, okay, right-click on the center bottom bars where your combats are, and that will open up a menu. And one of them will be change attack style. Switch that to archery, and then you'll be able to use your bow. And I freaked the fuck out, because it totally worked. I'm like, dude, I am so stupid, but I spent, like, two days trying to figure this out I, you know how did you figure it out he's like it took me two weeks <laughs> he's been playing for seven months now he's like a fucking dark jedi master especially in comparison to me but um the other fun thing about project gorgon is the uh necessity to keep yourself constantly fed now this is not like a minecraft constantly fed I, I don't know how fast the clock works in because there is a persistent day and night cycle in Project Gorgon. Um, but I do know that if you eat like a snack, a level zero snack or meal snack, level zero, which is not very good. Like we're talking like, you know, hardtack or a biscuit or like an apple or something like that. Actually, I don't think you can eat an apple. You can get apples, but I don't know if you can eat them. You probably can. Um, the great genius is all of this is so simple. It's so simple to do. Um, but there's so much to do that it gets fucking really complicated. <laughs> um, and just leveling up your sword skills or your archery skills uh, is 
I mean, it's a grind. It's a grindy game, but you get to keep the proceeds of your grinding um, in every way. So, like, you know, like, the fact that I can butcher shit means that, like, butchering pigs is, like, basically my main way of making cash. And then the fact that I can now cook meals to feed myself, you have to find um, a tavern owner who has recipes for sale. You have to ingratiate yourself with them a little bit, not too much. Um, and then you have to level up your cooking skills uh, by acquiring the ingredients and then cooking them on a fucking cook fire. Um, then once you level up your cooking skills, you can buy more and more recipes, which open up more and more opportunities for you to not have to sell the shit that you, uh, that you, um, that you murder while you hunt the shit. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, the animals, the, the aminals, the aminals, the innocent aminals, Bambi, Bambi's mom, Bambi's dad, Thumper. I have not seen a rabbit yet. But I refuse to kill any giant rats because I, I train them and they will follow you and they they are loyal and they are cute and they are well animated. Um but uh you so then you can so then you can start buying ingredients from uh from like a tavern owner instead of just selling him, you know, your raw pork shoulder or whatever. That's after you get good at butchering pigs. You can get pork shoulder and all sorts of other shit from them uh, on top of just raw pork um, and you get better and better at all of these things the more that you do them which is also cool as you autopsy the pigs then you butcher them and etc. I gotta get a tanning knife um, but then you can start buying the ingredients necessary to complete recipes and then you can cook your own food which is even better because even if you don't necessarily need to eat your own food you can sell your own food for literally, you know, ten times what it's worth just as, you know, individual components. Like, um, ten honeyed ham, I think, is like 400, uh, councils. Councils are the, the coin of the realm. Um, whereas, like, just like a piece of, piece of ham, piece of pork or whatever is like, you know, 10, or, uh, 10 pieces of pork is like, you know, 40 councils. So it's like 10 times as much. And so like a little sugar, which is, you know, you can buy a stack of five for seven councils, blah. All of a sudden you can start making a lot more money. And that means you can upgrade your armor and shit. And there are tons of places to go in the game. I'm, I'm only in the second place that you can get to as like a noob. Um, but I can already go to a jungle if I want to, um, by, you know, if I had enough, I, I have, I've had enough councils, but I've chosen to spend them otherwise, uh, in other places. Um, it's really fun. It is, it is sandbox Skyrim at basically its best. You can't build shit in this yet. I don't know if they're planning on it, but... It is really good. Uh, I mean, it's still in early access. It came out March 12th, 2018, so not that long ago. Runs great on Linux. It is a beautiful game. Um, kudos go out to Elder Game LLC, developer and publisher, Elder Game. Elder Game, which is funny, because it's there. that's kind of gives you an idea of what they were going for. Um, Cross-platform Elder Game. Um, 
let me just tell you what, what, what they bill themselves as. By the way, the game is $39.99, but it does seamlessly log you in under your underneath your Steam username and everything. You don't have to create a separate, you know, username or password or anything to play this. Um, and it puts you right on their official server. And their official server has not been down yet. So now that I've said that, it will be down forever now, I bet you. And they're constantly updating it. Like, they, they pushed an update on uh, June 20th, July 12th. You know, blah, 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 blah. But, um... This is, this like I said, this is not a review, but $39.99 for basically the only real full-scale competitor. This checks... For me, this does halfway check the box for Skyrim-like game multiplayer with multiplayer compatibility running natively on Linux runs great too um I've had no performance problems sometimes the visuals can get a little jagged jagged or weird but it's a huge game there's like tons and tons and tons of people playing it um like especially at peak times like I <laughs> when you see like giant fucking green uh bear wolves like, wandering through town, and you're like, what the fuck, are we all gonna die? And then you realize that they're, like, fucking mages that are, that, that the bear wolf is, like, a player that's, like, casting spells to help everybody? You know, it's, 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 it's really fun. It brings together a lot of aspects of a lot of other games that uh, I really, really like. So we'll see how well it wears. I will give a full report as soon as I cross 20 hours in the game. Um, that'll be a full review, because, like, th these type of games, unless I completely fall in love with them, like, Seven Days to Die, um, you know, I have to move on. Um, sometimes I can't. And I fully expect Project Gorgon, which is a great game to play when you're stoned, um, because you just wander around. I mean, just wander around. Wander the fuck around. Um, and there's so much shit to keep track of, but it's not stressful, um, It, what, do I, what do I mean by non-stressful? I mean, like, it's not like you have to keep track of 170 different things. No, you you can't keep track of everything that's happening in the game to your character, in all honesty. It's just so much is happening at all times. Um, I don't even know where the fucking skill tree, the, like, my character's skill tree is to see what level something is at. I have to wait until I level it up, and it says it to me, whispers it to me in chat for me to know. Um, I, I know that's pathetic, but I'm only seven and a half hours into the game. Anyway, so that's that's our feature for this week, Project Gorgon, which builds itself as a fantasy MMORPG that allows you to forge your own path through exploration and discovery. And the the dialogue in this game is fantastic. The the um, there's lots of it's it's just I mean for forty bucks, you could piss away forty bucks on like five different games. You're not going to get, if you've wanted, if over the last, you know, years since you've switched to Linux, you've wanted to play Skyrim again, just for shits and giggles even, or to play it online because you've been envious of your friends, this will scratch that itch. Um, the fact that the, the uh, combat is run by the uh, keyboard buttons, like literally the top row of keyboard buttons, one, two, three, four, five, six. That kind of sucks. The fact that like you can't just click on something and attack it. 
kind of sucks, but that only it only sucks at first until you get used to it. And then once you start unlocking other skills in that in in for that, you know, thing like let's say you're attacking with swords or in my case this morning I started attacking with um a bow with archery and basic arrows like, you know, normal noob shit. Um 45 minutes later, I had three skills in archery that I could use. Three different skills. One was, um, you know, just a basic shot that, you know, I just fire off an arrow. Um, another one was bash a creature that is attacking you with the bow itself. Like, you know, hit it on the head with your bow, like a melee attack. And then the third one was an aim shot that does more damage but takes longer, it has a longer cooldown before it refreshes itself. So now I can, I can like kind of, you know, fucking Lord of the Rings style, I can be like, you know, basic shot, advanced shot, basic shot, basic shot, advanced shot, bow smash, bow smash, or I can also use my sword at the same time, which is cool too, and then you have unarmed, uh, you have melee attacks too, and then there are other combat disciplines, including magical disciplines, all of which I do not know that much about yet, but I will be learning. Um, so yeah, check it out. And of course, my name is Scooby. That'll do us for this week's show, by the way. Sorry we're so late. It, it is a Sunday. But uh, yeah, um, Project Gorgon, check it out. My name is Scooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Find me on Steam, friend me on Steam. Um... <laughs> play some Project Gorgon together, um, it's very easy to, uh, especially early on, to, uh, hook up with people and go through areas and places more or less together. Not that you have to be, you know, fucking love-bound to somebody or something, but, uh, it's really cool, and then later on, evidently, you get advanced teleportation techniques if you choose to learn them that let you basically return to anywhere, regardless of whether or not there's a teleportation circle. You'll learn all about that shit later. Um, game walks you through some of that stuff, but I've seen people teleport into town right at the fucking shop that they want to go to, and it's like, I hate you. Because I have to teleport outside of town, and I have to wait till I die until that happens. I just get respawned randomly at one of my teleportation circles. But anyway, um, so yeah, uh, that's Project Gorgon, and uh, check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv or twitch.com slash skookiesprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Um, we'll either be playing Project Gorgon or more of, uh, Pinball Arcade. And, uh, that'll do us. Uh, cheers, thanks for listening. See you next week. 197 next week. Episode 197. Oh my, oh my god. Later days. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die. I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. 
Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.